Hey guys, I wrote a song. Oh, that's great. Oh, good, Ringo. Fantastic. You know what? I'm going to put it right here, right on the refrigerator. That way we'll get to see it every day. All right. One, two, three, four. Welcome, welcome everybody to a very special episode of Ranking the Beatles. It's episode 31. How's it going? I am your host, Jonathan. To my immediate left, as always, is... Julia. (laughs) She is psyched about this show, you guys, as you should all be. Well, half of what she says is meaningless. (laughs) Womp womp. One of our guests has dad jokes. Today is not your ordinary Ranking the Beatles episode, though. Today we have a bout of epic proportions. Good versus evil, light versus dark, pro versus con. I'm not sure who is on either side, though. (laughs) You guys, today, we're doing something very different today. First of all, this is our first ever in-person podcast. It's a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. We're really excited about I'm it. I'm also frozen because it's January. It is currently let it go. 30, <laughs> 35 degrees outside. And, uh, is it 35? Yeah, it's, oh, it's cold. Sure this is New Orleans? And uh, we are sitting outside doing this in real life world, which we have not done before. So, that said, you may hear air conditioning and heater condensers <laughs> turn on and off at I various sure points. I hope we don't hear air conditioning <laughs> today. Not air conditioning, but you might oh, hear the heater. The condenser birds. will turn on. <laughs> You may hear birds chirp. A we little paid, bit of wind. We paid for those birds. That's production value. You may hear a shiver or two. You may hear a yes. shiver. You may hear a uh, a cup clatter because we're all drinking hot toddies because it's what you do. We're also eating king cake because it's carnival season. Officially. Officially. But the reason we're here today, my friends, is a our first ever Ranking the Beatles Roundtable Riot. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. The Roundtable Riot. <laughs> I just thought about that topical. <laughs> oh, Top of your head? You yeah, maybe let's, maybe let's not. Can we not? We're going to call it a... I predict a riot. The <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> the rumble in the bungle. <laughs> bungle? <laughs> bungle. <laughs> we are here today, my friends, to discuss the first ever song written by Sir Richard Starkey, MBE. That's right. Number 186 on the official ranking the Beatles list is Don't Pass Me By. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends of all ages, we are having an A-B discussion between previous guest, Mr. Kyle Melanson. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And other previous guest, Mr. Andre Boren. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) That's me. Don't be too excited. (laughs) We're like three minutes in and we're already off the rails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like the fault of the alcohol. Like, that's the great thing. Too cold to play chords. <laughs> but no, what I wanted to do is through various discussions uh, independent of each other, I began to understand that Kyle really likes Don't Pass Me By. I do. Andre really dislikes Don't Pass Me By. Both of them are two of the best drummers I know. And as this is a song written by a drummer, they're also, they're also songwriters in addition to drummers. I felt there was a good conversation to have 
between two drummers talking about another drummer writing his first song and then not actually playing drums on that song, which is just a weird thing. Is this meta? Wait, what? Kind of. That's all Paul. Oh, what? Oh. Yeah, bro. According to all the research I've done, no, 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 no. that is Mr. Oh. Paul McCartney on drums no. and Ringo Starr no. on keys. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this, did you know this? I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I feel like the overdubs were Paul's Can idea. You cite a source the on drum, this? The drum uh, the overdubs. I guess we'll get into that when you The overdubs are definitely Paul. But I, from what, what I've read... From Sorry, I didn't mean, even mean to be non-entertaining. What I've I'm read li- from... I'm literally <laughs> shocked. Kyle is gathering his this. things and leaving. Wow. <laughs> no, what I read... Uh, no, unlike you, I'm a fan of Paul's drummer. Through, uh, I believe, in, in the Mark Lewison book and a few other sites that I found online, all cite that McCartney is on drums, drums and bass. Ringo is on multiple piano or, uh, overdubs. That's Ringo on the keys. Tickling them. So that's... That's Paul? That's Paul. I guess maybe his best direct Ringo parallel impression would ever. be like on McCartney, Ooh You and all uh-huh. that. Yeah. Similar sounding feels. Like, man, I got to gather myself now. Right. I <laughs> just threw a wrench in a lot of my arguments for this song. Jeez. Well, before yeah. we get into it, I want to. I do want to ask a couple questions because we've had you on the show before, both of you. Yep. And we've asked all the usual questions. So I want to go on a, just a real, for any listeners who haven't listened to the previous episodes with you guys. Um just a real high overview. What does Ringo mean to you as a drummer, as a as a player, as a songwriter, as a singer? You know, looking at the parallels in what you all do, like kind of the same set of tools. You know, what is that? What kind of weight does that carry to you? Like, what what is that importance for y'all? Uh, I mean, for me, I mean, Ringo is the gold standard of feel of not necessarily whizzing around the kit and heightened technical ability, but playing exactly what the song requires. Mm -hmm. No more, no less. Sure. Uh, Which is, in my opinion, a fairly lost art these days. Sure. Um, So it was big. I mean, it was big for me as a young kid and a young drummer. Um, You know, my two biggest influences probably are uh, Keith Moon was the reason I wanted to play drums at all, but then uh, Ringo, also kind of the reason I wanted to play drums, and I feel like, you know, my career I've... Ringo made them more accessible. Well, there it is, and, <laughs> and, and, and I feel like... Keith Moon's those pretty high, that's a pretty high... I feel high like those uh, two <laughs> worlds... high entry bar. <laughs> those two worlds are basically what have been my whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can sit in the pocket fine as good as anyone but i i tend to do it very wildly and in a keith moon type way so that's been kind of the push-pull duality mm-hmm. of my entire career sure. oh, that's interesting um, i never really thought like about your drumming style that much but it totally makes sense oh yeah <laughs> i get oh, it oh yeah um <laughs> that's always been my thing um the the feel and kind of the deep pocket of ringo but with the Insanity and unpredictability of Keith Moon. That's what I've always been striving for yeah. and still do. Um, Songwriter-wise. And it's hard because he's not, quantity-wise, a tremendously accomplished songwriter. Like no. He hasn't written that many songs. Not a huge output, no. Yeah. And of the ones that we all 
probably would agree are the best. I mean, there's upwards of 90% Georgish involvement, yeah. mainly <laughs> in a lot of them. It makes it difficult to quantify. But, uh, but what isn't difficult to do is to enjoy Ringo's charm, easy wit, mm-hmm. um, affability. You know, he's a lad. He's a normal guy like any of us are. You know, I've got a song. I oh, really? <laughs> Tell us, Ringo. We're going to put it right <laughs> on the fridge. <laughs> similar <laughs> similar to uh, how he's, his, his drumming is a little more accessible than somebody like Keith Moon. Right. His songwriting is similarly like, Extremely. well, maybe I could do right. that. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, and, uh, you know, there's all the footage of Ringo saying he tried to write songs for years before he finally got one on a record, and they kept going like, dude, you're just you're rewriting old country songs. Yeah. It's like, this, this isn't going to work. And I guess they finally let him have his rewritten country song on the White Album. Um, but no, uh, you know, I mean, Ring- Ringo's the man for me. Um, and it is odd that it seemed to me nearly unchallenged that Ringo was a beloved and respected figure, uh, at least when I was growing up. But, uh, boy, recently it, it just does, it does seem to be a thing that there are many... Many Ringo haters. I, 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 <laughs> I blame jazz. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, to, yeah. Each, to each their own, but I mean, no, to like jazzers, it. But I, jazzers just, with their chops, like they want all the chops. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that, man. I mean, I was in that all like state jazz band. Thrash metal. And too, but you can sure, have but chops and still appreciate the beautiful simplicity. But what do you, do you are you, you were in jazz band then. Are you still in jazz band? Are you well, still? Well, I'm not now, but I mean, I right. c- but I'm saying I can still you grew play up. like that. Wow. <laughs> do you still play with high school children? <laughs> no, Music, I, I mean, do you play? No, music? I do not, John. No, most, most. I'm just saying, most of the most of the people I see hating on Ringo's drumming are jazz are nerds. from the jazz. Yeah, the jazz nerds who are all about the chops. Yeah. And it's well, I think that's the same thing. Like with like the the metalcore stuff that my drummer John Bourgeois is into. Like these guys on YouTube who do these crazy like YouTube is. And then oh he's yeah, like, stuff I could never do. Ringo's weak shit, man. Because <laughs> like, it's not like the flashy, like, wild thing. Sure, but, you know, you try playing kick kick on one and three, snare on two and four, and no hi-hat yeah. for a three-minute song. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's harder than anything. That's harder to groove and to keep do in time than any, any yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. No, you I'm, played I, drums on all those songs for that George Harrison show. Yeah. Like, it's harder than... Yeah, and try doing it with another drummer too. Right. For, like it's, it's for for just so I can catch everyone up to speed on that. Several years ago, uh, there was a New Orleans musician uh, George Harrison tribute concert that the three of us played in, um, and we did the dual drummer move like they do in concert from Bangladesh. Uh, and Kyle and Andre were the two drummers on all the songs, and it was a phenomenal. <laughs> it was a good show. Yeah. It was a blast. Well, I look. I would. I would. I would say to add on to uh, what Kyle said w- about Ringo's drumming, I 100% agree on. Uh, his groove is and and feel are they're they're, they're unmatched, mm-hmm. unparalleled in my humble opinion. I agree for for whatever that's worth. It's why whenever anybody plays Beatles songs, they're just not quite right. Uh, it's right. Ringo. Yeah. It's that it's, is the X factor. It's Ringo. You can learn the guitar parts. Singers can learn the harmonies. Every band I've seen do a Beatles cover, even really good ones. 
the thing. Exactly. It's it's it's, it's, the thing, it's always feel. like man, it's not quite there. one of the no one of the other things. Swing. One of my favorite things about Ringo's drumming, and it's actually made it into the 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 pros list of. Uh, although now I'm here, it's it's not. See, this is this is why I this actually this just came to me. This makes me think that uh, that this is an argument for uh, "Don't Pass Me By" being Ringo actually on the on the drums on the main track. Yes, is because <laughs> Ringo doesn't know how to do anything other than four four beats, and there's some two four measures, mm-hmm. and that makes for these signature drum fills in weird places in the measures throughout the Beatles catalog, like mm-hmm. usually on a John song, because John writes in whatever phrase, and it's like in 11 or mm-hmm. 7 or whatever, and Ringo is just like, plays in 4, and eventually it catches up, It'll or catch he does up. a little like stumble <laughs> on the drums in a weird place, and mm-hmm. okay, cool, now he's back. And there's a couple of those in this song, and I think that Paul is too detailed and knowledgeable, mm-hmm. I, I think, sure, about the way that music is fit is put together. So to me, that would be uh, an argument that uh, Ringo is actually on the main drum track on this song. I think what we'll do at some point, we'll take, we'll pause for a break. I'll gather my sources, yeah, and we'll double check on the spot. Yeah, now I'm, I would. Now I'm curious. I would be interested. I'm curious to but you know, like, as much but as that, I've read, that, I can't believe I never would have stumbled across this. Yeah. Info. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm right, just right, saying right. I, it, it's like shocking. I also, yeah. Paul and Ringo, you're listening. Let us know. <laughs> can you give us? You're the only two people you're that can possibly let us know. You're both here. You're listening. Ranking the Beatles at gmail.com. Yeah, or Ringo, tweet me, bro. Tweet yeah, me, dude. we're on Twitter. At it's Ranking fine. Beatles. You don't even have to email us. We don't need to know your email address. You're Peace good. and love. Send right. your PR people. Just get the answer to us. That's all. You don't Just need to give it. us a signature or write us back. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so after October 17th. No, no more fan mail. <laughs> it will be tossed. Uh, I, I think Sorry, that Ringo. Ringo, because he's he's not like a super advanced chops drummer guy. Like he 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 stumbles into. It almost feels like he's accidentally stumbling into these amazing drum fills. Oh, mm-hmm. he is an accidental genius personified. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what makes this whole band great. Paul and John, like it's not like they knew, like oh. You're an A. Uh, we can't go to C minor. Like, right? Sure, you can because they didn't. They didn't, they didn't know, know any the better. Yeah. They didn't know any <laughs> you don't know the rules, cooler. so you're not breaking the rules. You're right. just doing whatever you think right. feels good. Yeah, there is something to be said for making it up as you go along. Oh, tremendously, tremendously. All right, so here's what we'll do. Let's take a quick break, do a little beverage refill if needed, um, warm up. I'm gonna grab some sources. We're gonna do an on-the-spot fact check and see if we can confirm. Paul Ringo as the drummer on this track. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this to get thrown out, so we gotta we gotta straighten this out. Yes. So <laughs> I'm gonna put a commercial break in here. There probably won't be a commercial, but oh, we're not just gonna have like five minutes of silence. <laughs> right. That'd be the way to just go. Off mic silence. <laughs> do, do you want me to sing? Julia, would you entertain while I'm gone? We'll be right back, folks. A few minutes later. All right, friends, we are back, and after intense research, <laughs> we have. A conundrum, my friends. It's three days later, but we've the way. got dueling facts. Mark Lewison's book, The Complete Beatles Recording Sessions, states that Ringo is on drums, Paul is on piano. However, the Beatlesbible.com states otherwise. It states Paul on drums, Ringo on sleigh bells. piano, sleigh bells, percussion. percussion, and vocals. 
Also, Paul on bass yeah. for both sources. So we have discrepancy. Yeah. So I'm calling out the owner of BeatlesBible.com, whoever that person is. And Mr. Bible. <laughs> Mr. B. Bible. Please tell us your sourcing for this because I am very curious now. Yeah. And uh, Mark Lewison, let us know confirmation on this. We've got to know. Also, Paul and Ringo. Paul and Ringo. Right, yeah. At we Ringo Starr. Yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday. No, this is wild. Download that pod. This is what I love we about know. this band. You can literally <laughs> find out new things every day. And I c- yeah. you can sit and listen to that track and be like, well, yeah, maybe it does sound like Paul. Like, even the overdubs yeah. are obviously Paul. But the rest of it, you could be like, it kind of maybe isn't Ringo. Like, so, anyhow, now that we're there, I think let's go ahead and let's take the dive, shall we? Let's do it. Oh, my favorite part of every podcast. Go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you do your whole explanation oh, okay. of everything and lay out the facts. It's my favorite part. So, <laughs> drum roll, please, drummers. <laughs> Coming in at number 186 is Don't Pass Me By. <laughs> Listen for your footsteps coming up the drive. Listen for your footsteps, but they don't arrive. Waiting for you knock, dear, on my old front door. I don't hear it. Does it mean you don't love me anymore? I hear the clock a ticking. On the mantel shelf See the hands are moving But I'm by myself I wonder where you are tonight Or why I'm by myself I don't see you Does it mean you don't love me Though it took until 1968 for the Beatles to record a song written by Ringo, this song actually makes its first appearance in Beatles world in 1962, shortly after he joins the band. Uh, There's actually audio of the band discussing the track on a BBC Top Gear session in 1964. Uh, In several interviews during the mid-60s, Ringo expresses his disappointment that the band would never agree to record his song and how hard he found songwriting to be. He would bring a new song to the studio only for the band to inform him that he'd rewritten a song that was basically someone else's song. So he sat for years fine-tuning, tweaking lyrics on Don't Pass Me By. At one point, it had a verse that consisted of, I'm waiting for your footsteps, coming up the drive. I'm waiting for your footsteps. I know they'll soon arrive. I feel a little foolish sitting here alone. Instead of eating crackers, I think I'll go get stoned. <laughs> Why didn't he keep that? It's a gem. That's like better. It. There's also, and this one is just kind of strange. You came all wrapped in cellophane with purple bursting free. The card set open carefully and pay for COD. 
That's also better than the released version lyrics. That's he's going after John. That's psychedelic. Damn, going after John there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty psychedelic. <laughs> that's wild. So finally, in 1968, during the Anything Goes vibe of the White Album, the band finally agree to work on the track. It's actually the second song recorded for the album. And by when I say the band agreed to work on the track, I mean Paul. <laughs> uh, John and George were taping interviews with BBC D- uh, DJ Kenny Everett, and in the oddest of role reversals, we think. Paul played drums, and Ringo played the piano and knocked out a suitable take in three tries. Ringo's piano was mic'd, run through a guitar amp, and then through a Leslie speaker, giving it its distinctive style, while Ringo also overdubs sleigh bells, and Paul overdubs multiple drum fills throughout the track. Several weeks later, musician Jack Fallon was brought in uh, to record a country and western style futtle track. <laughs> Andre's favorite part Andre's of hair song. just stood up on the back of his, head, back of his neck. <laughs> Um, interestingly enough, Jack Fallon was actually a show promoter who booked the Beatles for like their first like professional uh, uh, UK shows oh, wow. in like 62 or 61. Huh. So when he came in, they were like, oh, my God, Jack, old friend. So they had a little catch up. Uh, so actually, the tape was rolling throughout the entire session for Jack Fallon, and his early attempts of just kind of noodling and figuring out the song were captured and then tacked on to the end of the track for an outro. <laughs> Uh, much to his surprise at the end of the day. Uh, now, additionally, uh, George Martin composed and recorded an orchestral score to be used as an intro for this track. was eventually deemed unsuitable, uh, though a section was utilized later in the Yellow Submarine film, and finally released under the title A Beginning on Anthology 3, taking the place of what fans were expecting to be a third new Beatles song on the project. The track's mono and stereo mixes are strangely and vastly different. Uh, the that mono is an mix, understatement. Yeah. <laughs> the mono mix is sped up, and thus in a higher key, and features a completely different and busier violin track. If you're hoping for, like, another... Like free as a bird, and then uh, real love, and then uh, no, they they worked on a third John demo, uh, but they ended up getting in a bad fight about it. Yeah, so there was supposed to be a third yeah. new track, but then you get this, and then you get this weird like forty second or- orchestral like, thing. Oh, man, <laughs> like it was kind of a letdown. I, I, think, I think it's lovely. It's cool, but sure, but it's not when you're hoping no, it's for not a, a new Beatles, Beatles track. But yeah. <coughs> But three has some. You're hoping f- three has, oh, some has great stuff on it. But agreed, like when you're hoping for a new song and you get like a 40 second interlude, no, no. it's it was kind of a letdown. New song was the plan, but yeah, that fell apart quite yeah. badly. Paul does occasionally say like, "I might finish that up." Yeah. Now that apparently, well, the, it was George. The dissenter is no longer with us. It was George. <laughs> surprise, surprise, mainly yeah. that was like, you know what? I'm I don't care for the song. I'm done with this. He didn't like it. No. <laughs> So, why do I have Don't Pass Me By at number 186? Mainly because I like Andre a lot, and I agree with him. <laughs> um, so, we've talked uh, on previous episodes about the fear songwriters have of having their first songs heard, because they're universally always awful. Like It's like those teenage diary entries that you never want anyone to read. Um, 
let alone be included on a record that's going to sell millions of copies <laughs> right. and go like diamond. I'm familiar with the former, not right. the latter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, for Ringo to sit on the song for so long and finally get to include it on a record, you kind of can't help but cheer the guy on. Uh, there's a charm to the vocal that is just kind of like Ringo's calling card. The d- like any shortcomings the man may possess as a singer, he makes up for in like charm and yeah. fun. Witness with um, a little help from my friend. Yeah, and it, it makes up for maybe a lack of like nailing pitch all the time or being yeah. a quote great singer who needs it um and it seems like it's maybe a bit more effective here because maybe he's more invested in the in the vocal uh since it's his own track like when i a b it to like a yellow submarine he doesn't sound as invested on yellow submarine which is obviously like written for him right meant to like you know hit all of his like all of his marks but he just sounds more he's going for it a bit more here um it also feels really at home for him because he he loves the country genre so much. His obvious love of country goes back to earlier covers like Act Naturally. Uh, later extends to him making a full-on Nashville country album in 1970 with Boo Coos of Blues. Uh, a fine record, if I may say. It is. Um, so, now assuming that Paul is the drummer on this track, I'm going to continue with that school of thought. We're going to have to go even after this is done and... I'm going to do some digging. Uh, this will be a hot Facebook topic. Hal's going to call Ringo later and get to the bottom of <laughs> Rich. <laughs> Rich, question. Richie, holler at your girl. So, a question. Uh, and I've also been critical of Paul's drumming in the past. Um, I do think he does a pretty decent approximation of Ringo on this track. Um, even though generally I don't love his drumming, it's pretty good here. Um, the kind of the biggest deal here is like he's overdubbing Phil throughout the track, right? But that's the way he did it. All but the Beatles stuff but he it, played on. Right, but it's not done well here. Like, everything feels like you're drunk on this track. Um, and it's because, like, the drums feel like they're constantly, like, falling down the stairs. Um, Mono Mix kind of corrects that. I don't because think it, it's faster, yeah. at the very least, it doesn't it's have still, time to it be It still feels so plotty. I think it still feels sloppy to me, which is kind of a hallmark of, like, McCartney drumming for me. Right. It's like it just doesn't, it lacks that tightness. Um, and I think that kind of serves to make the violin track a bit goofier. Like, any failings the violin may have you know, are, Andre loves it. are enhanced <laughs> because the drums are not, like, holding the whole thing together. Right. But that said, all in all, I think the track is very fun. It's Ringo. You just kind of got to cheer him on for this. Uh, I always find myself singing along when the song comes on. Um, and also, oddly enough, it was the band's favorite part of the White Album. There's half the band wasn't involved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the band, the, the band, the band, the band. Okay, uh, not like oh, the Beatles. No, no, band. no. Okay, yeah. there's a there's a bit in <laughs> the band, the band. There's a bit on um <laughs> so confusing on tapes from the get back sessions where George uh, has just come back from hanging out with Dylan and the band in New York, and they're all talking and he's saying and he's telling them, well, Ringo's bit was the was their favorite yeah, song on the I've record. Seen that interview. And uh, I'm sure that made certain people really unhappy. Right. <laughs> no. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would like to open the floor to discussion. But first, before we go pro and con, i got to let you get a word in here, though, because I feel like you've been awfully quiet this morning. Oh, right no, there. it's fine. We're good. What are okay. your thoughts on the track, Julia? Um, I, I kind of like it. It's, it's a little rough, but it's I think it's really hard because uh, – the company he keeps like when you're in a band with you know kind of a couple of the greatest songwriters of all time and then also george harrison who is no schlub he's got some really great coming up too. on you gaining he's, speed he's starting right. to starting to grow in grow in <laughs> at this point yeah like it's got to be really hard to put George's yourself out there the obviously 
And, you know, it's just, it's not, he's not going to knock it out of the park because he's just not in, on the same level as sure. the others. Sure. But regardless, I find the song charming, as you said. Like, I think it's cute. It's peppy. Like, it makes me sort of, like, bounce my head when it comes on, you know. Yeah. The violin is a little... <laughs> I would... If it was just, like... I, f I feel like that was, like, his first take. And they recorded it, and they were, like, we're good. Tapping out. Yeah. <laughs> and if they had let him get to, like, three, this would be amazing. Like, right. <laughs> if they you. had just, like... Get, just, like... Just, like, refine it a little bit. And, you know, it would be great. Um, I love that he goes hard for country. He's, like, all yeah. in for country. Yeah. He's, like... You know what? I fucking love country. Fuck you guys. I love it. <laughs> oh, since he was a kid. It's, yeah, it's great. His initial stage gear with Rory Storm was like cowboy boots and the whole nine. Ten gallon hat. Oh, he was Spurs. Well, no, not all that, but <laughs> yeah, he was country. Howdy, Parmer. Way, 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 way back. Yeah, it's like his jam, and he owns it. Yeah. And he's like not afraid to, like, I don't know. Do the others think that that's less cool? I'm not really sure how they feel no, about it. No, I mean, it. they're all into I mean. George is is very into country. I think George is a Chet Atkins. Yeah, guy. George is a big Chet yeah. Atkins guy. I CBC think C sessions have some uh, some great Hank Williams. Yeah, great covers and whatnot. I think John and Paul were probably somewhat ambivalent about it. I mean, they pr they probably enjoyed it, but not to the extent the uh, the other two did. Right. Which makes it odd that George didn't come do something on this track. It's true. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's he not. Was, as he was being interviewed. It's true. <laughs> very important interview. Been nice to Kenny Everett. Chet Atkins type licks on yeah. this song though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a it's not a skip song for me. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I, I keep it on when it comes on. I'm just, just like bounce along. Mm. Makes me happy. Mm. It's you know it's not the greatest thing ever done, but it makes me happy. All right, gentlemen, look up here. Right, I wanted a fair fight. <laughs> Nothing below the belt. <laughs> keep it clean. I'll give it to keep Andre it safe. first. You ready? <laughs> yeah. I've been watching Cobra Kai for the last four <laughs> days. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Andre, you want to take it first? Sure, sure. All right, so I have I have uh, a lot of pros and cons and maybe in-betweens about this song. Um, my biggest con is that goddamn violin. <laughs> you know, you have more money than, than most countries have as the Beatles. Studio time is not an issue. Take another pass. You know, yeah. Amen. like get it right. And I, and I feel that way about it's not just this song. You know, there's some there's some like intonation is. It's hard for me to to. It, it really grates on me when it's not when it's not there, especially in a context of like of like spending so much time in the studio, getting things perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish that Paul had sang a little bit differently on. uh uh, lovely Rita. He's like, give us a wink and make me think of you. It's not <laughs> quite in tune. Like, yeah. And and so it's not just about the violin on this. It's like something that my ear really, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with it. And it does, sadly, that alone puts this into a skip after the drum the drum fill. Because <laughs> the drum fill is awesome. <laughs> the beginning is awesome. Uh, I love all the little, like, messing around at the beginning you know the first mm -hmm. 30 seconds of the song are great yeah mm -hmm. um there apparently was like a 45 second i saw that, that i saw yeah. that yeah let's like, cut to eight yeah <laughs> sorry ringo don't we're get, already, don't we're get already too you. fancy ringo <laughs> <laughs> no you know i feel like like with a double album with the white album that includes things like uh wild honey pie and and uh revolution nine they're like okay yeah ringo here you, go. you can you can <laughs> have one on this you know like, <laughs> love both of those by the way oh me too me too jams 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 uh 
But you know, I the the I, I'm not a fan of the affected piano. I was Although just going to ask you that because I, I see adore what he's, that sound. I, see what I love the treated for. piano. I love it's, it too. I forgot to mention that. It's like it it, it reminds me of uh, Johnny Paycheck take this job and shove it. You know, it's like <laughs> it's country, but it's like it's affected. It's like yeah. they're trying to bring it out of the classic country vibe. You mm-hmm. know, and Ringo, he comes by it honestly. You know, he loves it. He loves that stuff. So he's not like, I don't think he's posing at all. Right. But it's it's. Way to go, Ringo! You wrote a song. You know it's great. I'm I'm really proud of you. But but like it's, I don't. Th- I think that I if it wasn't the Beatles, uh, we wouldn't be having this. Does discussion. it deserve its place on the record? Sure. You don't sure. sound super sold on that. <laughs> I just sound don't, I don't think it's sure. that great of a song. Yeah. I think the the lyrics are about as low hanging fruit as you know. Mm-hmm. As you can get, I think sure. you should have absolutely gone with those other lyrics that you read. Those were those were way more like. I don't know. Instead it's, it's of eating crackers, I think I'll just get stoned. Yeah, yeah, that's way better. The one about the purple cellophane, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, like that's that's. And I think if he went with sort of like the purple cellophane, like a little more kind of touching on psychedelic, that would make it more of like a Beatles take on country. Like with the piano run through the Leslie plus like kind of a psychedelic. Like maybe that would, I don't know, make it settle more into something making sense as yeah. opposed to just like a weird like what is this country kind of what are you doing here? i mean the you know the, the the white album's interesting because it is one of the most varied albums song to song that i am aware of and there's a lot of songs on it so like mm-hmm. that's it and and yet it's cohesive um and maybe that's just because it's yeah. the white album and we've heard it now that record has a million times no right but it, hanging together but as it, well does. As it does yeah and that's george but martin. it does that's yeah. george martin I but think. but is it though because he wanted it to be a one track oh, one disc a album one album thing, he fought yeah. that hard but he did not like the double album and i don't concept. well i don't know i, mean, I don't yeah. know how much input he had on the track list and i think that was pretty john and paul yeah like that was like a 24 hour no they had cop session one and only and i think 24 hour straight session i think it's got to be them the two of them calling the shots sequencing and banding well i was not aware of that yeah uh but it holds together and and you know there was there was one time in my uh in my younger days that i i made a, a a tape a cassette of uh the white album with without the songs that i wasn't a big fan of and it was just wrong <laughs> it didn't flow. It didn't flow. Yeah. And this That's was one of them that I left record. off. You know, yeah. I left this off. I left. I left several of them off. And it was like it was. It was. It just Ooh, didn't. What else did you leave off? That's funny because this uh, is one of my. Bill this is one not. of my my questions for later in the interview. But let's hop into it now, right quick. <laughs> okay. If you are gonna do a one disc version of the of the White Album, what are you cutting? I did a. I already did a mm. a, a one cassette version of it, <laughs> and yes. it was it was it was failed. It yeah, was hard. it was wrong. I mean, I I cut this. I cut Bungalow Bill. Um, it's tough. Did you cut like uh, Wild Honey Pie or Revolution no? I love Nine? Wild Honey Pie. I, I probably cut Long, 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 what? which is weird. Bro, dude. It was like fifteen, you know. Give me some slack uh. here. <laughs> how how how? My hottest take. I'd, I'd <laughs> drop back in the USSR. With you on that, as per my ranking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Other people disagree, but I see. To me, there's there's songs that never moved the, me. the songs that. There's there's a difference between songs that m- don't move you and songs that bother you, and there's oh yeah back in the USSR doesn't bother me 
There's parts about this song that, like the violin, obviously bothers past me. me mm-hmm. Bothers you very much. Yeah, it's, it's not so the song. It's just it's the the violin bothers me. And it's so prevalent in the song. It's yeah. not like it's kind of buried in there. Oh, it's and you're high like, in the mix. Oh, I can. Yeah. I can bypass it the for the rest of the goodness. <laughs> it's like it's there. I do. I will say I love that. Uh, the Paul is dead conspiracy people latched onto the lyric about the car crash and added yeah, that to yeah. the pile. Yeah. Right. You know, that's great. Because that, that is like... That's a pretty big... That's a what-the-hell lyric. That's like, a major, like, see? I told you, you know? Yeah, like, like, that's a big piece of it. But it's so, such a weird lyric, too. Like, it, it is. makes no sense it at is. all. It makes no Was context. It like a Jane Mansfield no reference or something, you know? Was it? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's dark, too. <laughs> lost your hair. The old Mansfield bar. Right outside well, the, of uh, Louisiana. So, Kyle. Yeah. Your thoughts on Don't Pass Me. Okay. My rebuttal to my erstwhile friend's criticisms of it are that I like it for the exact reasons that you dislike it. Um, I think with Ringo, like Julia said, there's an element to all this where you're you're just kind of rooting for him. Yeah. Much like and the Family Guy joke, where look, you've got a song, let's put it on the fridge. <laughs> that may That's seem such mean, a good it joke. It may seem mean, but like it's kind of accurate when your little toddler comes running up to you and like, "Daddy, Daddy." Yeah. I drew a picture. It's like you did. Well, look at yeah. you, Daddy, Daddy. I drew a picture. Right. It's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. There it is, exactly. <laughs> but so I'm gonna make a shit ton of money off this kid. Thanks. And I'll fully admit that it. A large part of this for me may just be a I'm rooting for the guy mm. thing. Yeah. And that as I've gone on in my life and career, I've had, uh, let's say, similar struggles getting my songs on records. I um, want to come back to that, so save that. Okay. But uh, but anyway, um, I like that it's almost sub-professional in every way possible. <laughs> to me, it would have ruined it if it would have been, if they would have got some violinist from the London Philharmonic to come in hmm. and play a perfectly executed, tonally accurate violin solo. Yeah. That's not the Beatles. Had it just been a straight piano part with no treatments on it, would have just sounded like Floyd Kramer or something like that. It's not the Beatles. Yeah. Um, so I love everything about it. it, it it's bonkers. Um, the mix of it. Like, it's insane. It's all wrong. <laughs> the wrong <laughs> instruments are at the wrong volume levels. Like, why would you put an out-of-tune violin part so high in the mix? <laughs> why would you do it? Why? I'm the same question. Because, no, you do it because you're the Beatles. And it makes it so bizarre and beatly. Much like, why would you put some stupid warble effect on Eric Clapton's lead guitar on While My Guitar Gently Weeps? Because it's beatly. Because that's what you do. You make it sound like the Beatles. They knew what they were doing. Because fuck you, you're going to buy it anyway. That was pretty much it. So, <laughs> for me, it just makes it, I mean, think about it. I, you know... I like things to be in tune as well, but uh, just random example. Listen to any Jimi Hendrix record, Studio or Live. Mm-hmm. A good, I'll say 95% of the entire Hendrix catalog 
guitar's out of tune. And yeah, even a lot of times, it's not even close. I mean, not even close. Is it still great? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> I'm not as hardcore on that. And, you know, so I'm probably biased just because of my love for Ringo. Is it the greatest song of all time ever <laughs> written? No, not even close. Is it utterly charming and winning in that, like, hey, Ringo did it, y'all. <laughs> yes, it is. Rudy, Rudy, exactly. Rudy. <laughs> it, it feels like a little tiny moment of, of victory for poor Ringo in the middle of this very dense, you know, very layered record with all these different styles. When this song comes stumbling in all out of tune and insane, <laughs> I'm like, it's so wrong. It's right. Like <laughs> there could not be any other song where yeah. it is in that place. He's so far behind his oh head. Oh god, it's so it's so weird. <laughs> like a, what is basically just a simple country song should not be as much of a mind f as it is, but like it totally is. Yeah. It's just so weird. And, and I agree with you that the violin should not be perfect. I don't want no, it perfect. No, no, no. Yeah, I just no. want it like refined. Like I, I feel like, like I said, he was trying to like figure out what he was going to do, and Wait, they were and like, "Jack You're done. Fallon was not a professional violinist. Yeah, that's some, not his main. Just some dude they knew that was like, oh wait, Jack plays the violin. Get him in here. Right. Yeah, if they had like <laughs> found had a, someone that sort of does like, a, like an energetic like, fiddle. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like I want like an energetic fiddle. <laughs> That is a like a know, devil went like down to Georgia, like not quite that energetic. Well, like I think there's it's not energetic like nor in tune, <laughs> but I don't mind. I, I think I, I, it's one of the few Beatles songs that like makes me laugh. Like when I hear, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, listen to this shit. Like I can't believe it. I'm like, and, and the older I get, the more I seem to embrace. The, the weirder aspects of mm -hmm. the catalog. Yeah. So if anything, this has kind of grown in stature for me. Um, as I've gotten older, when I first heard White Album when I was 12 or whatever, my first thought was just like, wow, that's <laughs> something. And never really thought much more about it. But uh, as I came to know the rest of the catalog more and more, and specifically when I finally got a hold of the... Uh, the mono mix of the White Album, because, I mean, there's differences all over all mm -hmm. the tracks in the mono and stereo mixes, yeah. but no, nothing even close to the wide difference between the mono and stereo mix of this song, mm -hmm. um, which I like the mono mix better, but that's a nerd topic no one cares about. <laughs> um, but it's well, no, it's so fast. What is it? It's literally what, what is like it? What, That's as opposed to the <laughs> what we're doing what here. We're doing right right here. Yeah, well. What does what, what is what does the mono mix enhance for you? If you, I mean, break it down for the listeners. I, well, I'll, I'll if you have not in, heard it, and it used to be fairly hard to find, but uh, the the white album box that came out two years ago uh, presented all known mixes, uh, so you can find it pretty easily now. It is. Uh, it's a lot faster. Yeah. And I do mean a lot faster. Uh, it's not a different take. They just took the same slow take. Sped it up. From the stereo mix and sped it up. A full key. It's in a different key. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I liked how weird the song was anyway to begin with. And then I heard the mono mix 
Imagine everything we've discussed, all these weird treated pianos, out-of-tune violins. Now imagine that with Ringo sounding like a chipmunk on top of it. <laughs> it's not that, that fast. It's pretty fast. It's fast, but it's not like chipmunk fast. It's pretty fast. It's, I mean, it's not chipmunk, but like his voice sounds very different and even more nasally. If Which that's is so possible. funny because he's got such a, like a deep kind of robust oh, yeah. voice anyhow. You know? No. And also there's a... Uh, Listen for your first there's di- there's different uh, different violin parts, and uh, Andre will be happy to know extra violin <laughs> in the mono version that uh, is not in the stereo. Fantastic. So for all of you out-of-tune violin aficionados, <laughs> you're definitely <laughs> going to want to track down that mono mix of uh, Don't Pass Me By. Shout out to Murray Passero, who's going to undoubtedly make some mention of the mono mix. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> mono's better than everything, ever, always. <laughs> but so no, I've... I, I love this song because it's so weird, because so many elements about it are wrong, that it just, much like his drumming, like sometimes you stumble into greatness. Right. And I feel that that's what happened here. I find it interesting that this is one that he still continues to play live to this day. I've not heard any there solo Ringo live versions they of this. He always starts it on the piano by himself. Oh, really? Showing you that he can do it. Here's my little song. And he does the first <laughs> verse by himself. Then he does the thing. <laughs> and then the band comes in. I listen for your footsteps coming up the drive. Listen for your footsteps, but they don't arrive. Waiting for you, knock, dear, on my old front door. I don't hear it. Does it mean you don't love me anymore? Um, all the versions that I've seen have Mark Hudson like honking on a harmonica on it, which like oh, dislike. It's I not haven't even heard it. And I don't like that. It's, it's not the greatest. Uh, but Does someone play a violin or they do the. Harmonica no, there's the just violin. a harmonica. Yeah, hmm. that's um, weird. but it, hmm. it does interesting. Really like this. It's it's a situation <laughs> where why. you've got <laughs> you've got a stage full of completely competent, great musicians, and it lacks all the charm and feel and pleasantry. That is my that point exactly. Well, even that, when it, even when it's Ringo at the piano by himself, that, uh, it's not there. I feel like, I mean, I'm gonna get catch hell for saying this, but I feel like that's kind of Ringo's live show. Well, like, I've he's never got seen all it. these killer players, but it's not. Yeah, it's not the Beatles. It's not. Well, the Beatles or like even the he's you know it's not the 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 vibes from that that we love that from make the those tracks. Oh, I, agree. Yeah. I mean, you can you can hire all the but let's slick, be honest, slick I mean, players that you want. Right. And these are he's been just doing victory laps for sure. But at I least mean, thirty. Years well, it's funny because even I mean, earlier, uh, love you, Ringo. <laughs> but he's had oh, love you, Ringo. But think about some Call of the me. people that have passed through his band. <laughs> no, even Jack so, Bruce, the, incredible, Simon, the, incredible. Uh, Todd Rundgren, like he's had some. Todd Rundgren, <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna turn him down? <laughs> no, when Ringo calls you, are you gonna no say no? I got are, something to do. Ringo <laughs> says, like, "Want to play in me band?" Even the <laughs> early, the earlier no all-star band lineups. So what? I forget which episode it was we were doing <laughs> where <laughs> in passing I was this is an interesting tangent. It was an episode we taped where I where, where I was ex- I was explaining something I think uh while we were taping our outro for the show. Maybe we were taping the intro, I forget. 
but I was rattling off a list of people, and I'd had a couple of drinks during the <laughs> during the taping, and I kept saying Todd Rundgren, and she found it <laughs> hilarious and lost her shit, and we had to stop taping. <laughs> Because it just it just evolved into Rundgren. <laughs> so then you went with the hard rolling R's. Yep. 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 And I just, I'm absolutely crying. I'm oh like, I cannot. God. We have to stop. You have to stop this. I love it. Yeah. I Did love I put it. that in a bloopers thing at the end I of an episode? I feel like you might yeah. have. Rundgren? I need you to find that because <laughs> I want to hear it again. I miss it. So I was going to say, even on early All-Star Band recordings of it, where his band is, you know, Jim Keltner, yep. and uh, I have the Ryko disc album from and, like guys who played with him. Like listen to like, him once. It's still just not there. It's you not. Know? But that's part part I of that. I think you is get just... that also on like the concert for George and like George live albums and things like that. Even and Paul live out all their solo output when they do Beatles stuff. Like it's great, right? But it's always kind of like well, it's kind of it's 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 a it's the they closest the Beatles, approximation so it's like, you're gonna get. It's 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 nostalgic instantly, it you is. know? Like and they're tra- they're chasing after that. Yeah, and, and ring nobody more so than Ringo. Right, and this is always my gripe. Whenever, at the end of like a tour. So then, why do I love the Paul live shows so much? Because it's Paul. Because they're great. No, no, no. But Abe, to your point. Because it's a band. <laughs> when I they're see, a band now. No, to your point. I've seen the show, and like I was in absolute ecstasy. Like I was like, this is the greatest experience of my life. Paul live record with that same band. Same set I saw. I listened to it and go, <laughs> See, I love the Why? Paul Live record. I, I think it's... I, you, you like Paul is Live? You I like do, Tripping I, the Live fan? No, okay, I, I, I will say this. I don't like Tripping the Live... I don't prefer They're not awful, those records. Just I, to your point... I like the... And uh, this I'll probably catch hell for. Maybe it's just I prefer there. the there is a huge more latter-day live records with his current band. I prefer his current band. You like Wings at the Speed of Sound? I like it's a great it. live record. That band was uh, no okay. On fire. I thought I was talking about like Paul Solo, not Wings. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah. Um, as far as <laughs> like, how many is he w- had? Wings he's is on dead. another level, y'all. Well, he had the one. <laughs> Paul is live, and that's Tribune the same live, band fantastic. for. That's the, I think the same band for those two records. It is. It's and the then, Wicks. That lineup. Yeah, but now and then now with uh, with Abe Laborial, Abe Laborial, and, yeah. Wicks and Rusty Anderson and there's um, a live record of that. Oh, they've lineup? got several. There's um, back in the U.S., which is his tour from o two o three. Uh, first time I saw it. Chaos yep, and creation lineup. Uh, driving rain. Okay. Because you got freedom. Yeah. You got that that freedom. Um, no there's <laughs> Oops. Uh, there's a couple others. There's uh, like good, good night New York City or something from like that. Oh one. yeah, I know that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's a couple that have come out. I get confused um, on the vintages of. Yeah. I think more definitely like being there is like it's a totally different ball thing. game. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I literally had tears coming down my yeah, face right. when I saw oh, it yeah. live, but like. Heard some live recordings. I'm like, it's not, it's not awful by yeah, any means, but right. it just doesn't. You know, you do know when you're me. there and you see him like wait until the third hour of the concert to play Helter Skelter. Right, <laughs> oh, <it's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're 75 years old. What the fuck? How do you still do this shit? <laughs> right. I was gonna say, well, this is one no thing. No break. That, no sips of water. Right. He's a machine. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that infuriates me all the time, though. Um, and it's always at like the end of the tour when they're finishing a tour in like L.A. Or something like you that. Get or the Ringo guest shot. Ringo comes out, yeah. right? New Orleans and, will never get. And the you're Ringo like, holy shot. shit! This is the closest I'm ever going to see oh, yeah. to a Beatles reunion. And then you hear Abe Laborial Jr. You don't hear Ringo. Yeah, why do they not let Ringo that get behind the kid? That bums me out like, so much, man. He just does you know like small? the Ringo dance and sings. You know Molly would look behind Abe's. <laughs> <Right. True. laughs> yeah, He's got like a fifty-inch <laughs> kick drum. <laughs> 
Well, that's Abe's thing is some of them was like, why do you have such a giant kick drum? He's like, like, how goofy would I look behind a normal kick drum? (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's my biggest gripe is like they they come out and they do. I saw her standing there or something or Helter Skelter and Ringo's just sitting on two and four. Right. And you don't hear anything. And I I hate that. Like if that really this may be. Per Paul's instructions, I don't think Abe is ex- insisting. Oh no, I'm I sure. need to play. You know what I mean? I'm sure I'm this sure. is a Paul thing, but you're right. If if he's gonna sit in, but there's no just reason. Just leave the stage, Abe. Just let yeah. Paul. Take there's it no reason, off. and there's no reason for Paul to be like, "Look, man, I, I don't know how good he is these days." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I don't care if it's crap. Like, just it's let Ringo. it be let crap. Him, let him do his thing. <laughs> let it be what it is. Like, let it yeah. be naked. <laughs> <laughs> At 80 years old, no one wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can I bring it back to? Uh, don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. Yes, please. Yeah. I think uh, Kyle brings up a lot of excellent points. Um, you know, like you certainly can't fault uh, Ringo in any way, shape, or form for this for this song. I don't think. And and you, you absolutely like root for the guy. He's 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 the constant underdog. Could he have done better at that point in his career? No. No, no, I, I'm trying to like, you know, looking at this song separate from the context mm-hmm. of the White Album and the Beatles. Context. If this is had key, been, though. if this had been, a random song by somebody else or even by Ringo, that was outside of this, would you feel this way about it? No, I'd never listen to it it's again. Right now, so but uh, you can't uh, on the same it from page, the context. Right. My no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Had this been a Paul song, if this was like Bip Bop or something like that. I a, like Bip Bop. One of his very like, I do too, but one of his like <laughs> really like elementary, you know, kind of little fun tunes. How would you there would have been more characters involved because, you know, <laughs> Uncle Albert's and whatnots. Freddy Fingers coming over to hand them bang it all. There'd have been another, there'd have been some guy. Sally came by, you know, like, you know, well, been, he's, he's got, he loves his characters. Rupert yeah. the Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Frog song. Uh. That's a whole other podcast. I think if it was a Paul song, it would have been all, most of the things that that I don't like about it would would have been corrected. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it, you really you really blew me away with the with the Paul drumming thing because I one of the things I love about this song is I, I still the don't feel. think we're sure on that. We're though. not. I mean, we're not. It feels like Ringo. I never once questioned. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't Ringo. Paul is real toppy. He he he's, he's real he rushes. Yeah. And a little he's on bit top of the beat and ahead. And this feels <laughs> janky like Ringo did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has that loping. It's loping as groove. Yeah, but I don't if know. If it is who Paul, knows? like Jonathan said, he did an amazing job of way to go mimicking the Ringo feel. and thinking yeah. about it in in the way that like to 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 track the song. It does have these kind of weird phrasings. Odd, tra- odd phrasing, so it makes sense that Ringo would be playing and Paul would be playing drums, or somebody else would be right. playing drums at the same time to get the track down. Right. This is not a professional piano player. Right. It's Ringo. Right. <laughs> right. But also, like the fills kind of aren't where they're supposed to be, which which is very Ringo. But that's, but that's also the whole four and six that's also very too. McCartney. Like that. That's also like not a drummer thinking of where the fill should be. Yep. Right. But it's also. I mean, it, it is. I like those. Weird. I love wrong them. fills. Like I love I, them. I and I feel like it's one, it's one of, of the track for me. It's one of it's like I said earlier. It's it's a Ringo signature. I mean, yeah. There's oh he comes in on the three, 
on the two. He doesn't. He comes in wherever wherever he feels, and it's awesome every time. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love I love the drumming feel of this one. The 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 sound of the, the like the production sound. I I love. I love the. It's it's a weird mix, but it's it it's. Is. I can't imagine it mixed properly. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it would definitely take away from it. You know, one one other thing that that, and this is, this is no. I mean, it is a knock on Ringo. It's but it's not something that I think can. Is is a. Can be helped. You know, it's just it's just Ringo. Some people have it, and Ringo, I don't think has. The the he he doesn't deliver a lyric believably to me yeah mm. feels like he's reading lyrics it's like he's just saying words i, I don't you know like i mean i'll agree he's got no other talent for that other than <coughs> being ringo yeah That's, and it's it's charming know. but it's like and maybe it's hard <laughs> it's also hard to detach the visual of ringo like you know bobbing, bobbing his, his head, his head. <laughs> his little song. <laughs> wagging his piece of, you know he's yeah. like he's such a goofy <laughs> guy this, like, this is this has ruined a lot for me. Okay, <laughs> oh, love you, Ringo, but you're right when I hear anything. Ringo it's hard to like. Out. All I think is this and no more man. And when <laughs> his <laughs> nose is getting longer too, it's like. It's like <laughs> did you watch that <laughs> lockdown special? Speaking of all this, I didn't know. Oh wow! And when you wa- when you watch when you watch oh, him, that's if you watch something. a live version of this, once he finishes the intro on the piano. Like the band kicks in, he hops. Does he up. go back to the drums? No, he hops up and grabs the wireless mic and up to the front of the stage with yeah. peace and love, throwing yeah. the fingers up. So, you know, it's hard to, like, I saw. I remember seeing uh, Robert Plant at Jazz Fest with, I the, saw with, that. The, with the band of Joy. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And he, it's just these little like motions that he does, like he and, and it's Robert Plant. You know, it's, yeah. un, it's un, totally unfair to compare Ringo yeah, to right. that, but. <laughs> Like Both I, bl- you bl- you hang on every word. Like he delivers a right. lyric as well as anybody I've ever seen, and mm-hmm. and it's like, it's Ringo is <gasps> not. He doesn't have that. Yeah, and and you know, there's there's a large swath of different you know different ability to deliver a lyric in between those two. But I think I think this song is can cannot overcome that lack of. Uh, lyric delivery for me as well. That's that's another big con. Yeah. Fair play, but that's I think that's a really solid point. If you want to hear what "Don't Pass Me By" sounds like, done right, with everything in tune and violins done perfectly, and everything production just professional in straight country, go listen to Buku of Blues, his second solo album, and there's twelve examples of. Don't pass me by. Basically I actually, done. See, I think that's actually a really country. solid record, and maybe I love some it. of his I love best it. vocal. I love like, it. I'm just saying to illustrate he's the got a real the Beatles mm-hmm. and just Ringo doing his country stuff. Sure, there's the difference right there. Now she's California's fastest moving wise. She's working on it all the time. Soon she'll finish me And the world's saddest man Will live here in Los Angeles Of all the things she's ever done She's making this her best I got the fastest growing heartache In the West 
him surrounded by the best of the best yeah. Nashville session players on a set of pretty sturdy. And what I what I, I think songs. the difference on that is, you know, he records that in I think June, July of seventy, um, where the split of the band is real fresh, and I mm-hmm. think it's hitting him real hard. So he's doing a set yeah, of he's drowning really in sad his tears songs. And and I think that comes through in the country. vocal because I played it for you one morning. You were like, "What is this sad bastard shit?" Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it's a really it's a sad bunch of record, very sad. And his songs. vocal is really sad throughout. It's it, as good right? as he ever sang. I honestly, think that is that maybe record. some of his best. There's vocal nothing yeah. wrong with a sad country album. You no? put it on on like a Saturday morning while I was making breakfast, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I'm going to go drown myself. Like, good Lord, what is happening? I'm like, put something peppy. Like, I just woke up. I haven't had coffee yet. Like, just, I need something a little different. But yeah. I do want to, like, revisit it when I'm, like, in the headspace for, because I, I, I actually like country music. Like, I never really got into it until it's I was in college. It's a forgotten one because he had such big hits in the aftermath yeah, after of that, that record. But yeah. uh, I recommend uh-huh. everyone checking that out. Just, I think you'll be surprised. It's one of the few times you could, Incredibly, take him. I think it succeeds where an artist. What you're talking with, what you're talking about, Andre, about being able to sell a song. I think that's where he fails with like sentimental journey, mm-hmm. where he's doing all these crooner songs. Also, like right. it. that, like it's hard to croon when you when you sound you like that. The, you don't have the pipes <laughs> for crooning. <laughs> when you don't but, have the pipes. But for the same reason, I like "Don't Pass Me By." I love Ringo Starr taking on sure Frank Sinatra, <laughs> Sammy Kahn. Gershwin, like, who's gonna tell for him? For real? No. Like, I'd rather hear him do it, Gershwin than the, than the first time I heard that record. I was like, fucking <laughs> kidding me? Why is Ringo singing Stardust? Holy shit! Because he it, loves it was, the song. That's a, why. That's a, that's a thing you want to do for his mother. He's like, I just want to do all the songs that my mom likes. Aww. But I love it. Yeah. I still listen to that record for pleasure. But hearing Ringo sing Night and Day, I'm like. <laughs> Mom, wow. mom, in the roaring traffic boom, <laughs> in the silence of my lonely room. Like, Very m- voice of modulation. Ooh. Wow. You got to wonder if he's like. and day. <laughs> he tries to go for like a high note. Mama. <laughs> I just want to see that conversation. It's like, Mama made you an album. Thank you, Richie. I'll put it <laughs> right here with lovely. the rest. It's lovely, Richie. <laughs> we'll put it right with the other ones. Oh. She just Aww. files it away. Take a sentimental journey. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Guys, Ringo's not going to answer your question. He's not. I, I'm Sorry. determined. I was that talking to I don't know if he understands my irony. I'm making fun of it, but like, I love it. I listen to <laughs> Sentimental Journey a lot. Maybe <laughs> more than any other Ringo fan. I was just talking the other day about I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to send the, the open-ended the audacity of doing those I'm sending songs. the open-ended oh. invitations to Paul and Ringo this year. Don't expect it to ever happen. Definitely not going to happen. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've talked about It is all Paul's love man though. Bun. If if anyone listens, <laughs> you'll know the love there though. There is all love. There is all love. So guys, how do we feel about Don't Pass Me By at 186 out of 223? It's a uh, lot lower on my I'm going to go ahead and, and <laughs> I'm going to knock this out before Julia says it. Um, the Long and Winding Road was like five months ago. Why are you still in my bed? <laughs> I just want to ensure that you don't say anything this episode. <laughs> Being all quiet over here. Well, it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. It's fine. How do we feel at 186? How do you feel? 
You know, so ugh, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm going to get specifically hate mail about this. So I'm going to admit this. I don't know that you even know this. Mm. I don't think that I've ever like sat down and listened to an entire Beatles record start to finish. So like I like I like I kind of started this as like I'm the moderate fan. Like I'm not like I know the songs, yeah. but I don't know which songs are on which albums. Like and I'm I'm starting to like place it better now. I feel like I'm learning more as we're doing this podcast, but I never really like sat down and like start to finish like listen to the white album sure, sure. and so i pulled it up today <laughs> and sort of like skipped through because i know most of this when songs. we were together all morning you you were setting up oh okay <laughs> and i like went so through... at like 11 o'clock you listened to the white album for the first time not all, i didn't i mean i know like most of the songs sure. on it like okay. it I just... takes a full hour and a half to get through it i'll tell you that <laughs> um but i like skipped through because like i said i know most of them so i was like okay i, I get I know this one skip to the next. I know this one skips to the next. Um, so I don't, I feel like there's a couple of songs on there that I would put lower than this. Some of which you guys have specifically said that you really like. So you're talking about Wild Honey Pie. <laughs> I am. Whoa! <laughs> Saw that coming. One of the great Sorry. joys for me of following along, uh, not only listening to the podcast but following the posts on Facebook, is the constant irritation by many people of Where's Revolution Nine. Why have you not? And you're like, we'll Agreed. get to it eventually. We'll and see you in 2023, pal. People lose their minds. It's so They're far like, away. But Jonathan, I love that. you've got to be kidding me. I was like, oh, so Look, far what's away. great about this is that, you know, whatever, whatever, like, I'm not do. I would put this song well below where it is, where you have. Yeah. yeah. But it's not my list. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just here to talk about your list. All of us are here to talk <laughs> about your list. I didn't take the time to rank the Beatles songs out. You know, so like, whatever. Like, if you want to, if you think that Revolution is this like is bottom near, barrel for you? Is this bottom tier? Is near the bottom for you? It's it's definitely above Mr. Moonlight. I asked because when I first the first time I brought it up to you, like you visibly got angry. I I, I don't I I don't think I've ever sought out this song more yeah. than I have prepping for this. Is this a song you know? that you would ever want to cover in our Beatles cover band? I wouldn't say no, but but I wouldn't I wouldn't say if I would ever want to cover it. If we got a hold of a it. fiddle and just let Kyle do it, <laughs> <laughs> would it be certainly? Okay? I couldn't be as bad as Jack Fallon. <laughs> so I think we'd give it a shot. We could give it a shot. You know, I, I, we should have Harry play fiddle. Dude, on that's it. a fantastic. He would actually, but he would sound he's, great. He's perfect for this kind of thing because he can. He's he can. Go in between, and he can do this. I, I'm not looking for like a symphony player right. to do, like have this in tune. You know, it's it's it just <coughs> could use another pass or two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't want it to be perfect. It's a country song. Right. It's not supposed to be perfect. Right, but just a little refined. Yeah, it's a little slightly like a slight polish to it. Yeah, yeah. Farmer Kamalansan, where would you put this if you were ranking the Beatles? For all I've passionately defended this song and spoke of its innumerable charms and merit I still think I don't think it's near as low as Andre would have it I'd say you got it about right Um, and it only suffers really by virtue of the the company it keeps Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um for all you know that I like it, and it's not a skip for me at all. Uh, I listen to it every time. Um, it's still not you know 
among the best they ever did. I don't think it's anywhere near the worst. Sure. But all things considered and uh, with what we've discussed today, I'd say I'd say you got this one about in the right spot. I have some disagreements with you on other songs around <laughs> this spot. But uh, Ringo, you wrote a lovely song. <laughs> 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 they put it on the nicest fridge money could buy in there 1968. <laughs> but, uh, but I'd say this placement is about accurate. I don't know if I would put it too much higher than this. Wouldn't put it any lower. <laughs> I feel sure. good. I feel good about our 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 sussing out of this situation here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all know this about me. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I was a drummer uh, throughout middle school and high school. I do know that. So my play, first band. Play with high schoolers? <laughs> I, I did play with high schoolers. Um, <laughs> uh, in my first band, I was the drummer. Um, I joined the band. They'd been together for a year or Is two. climate change? Climate control. <laughs> Yeah. The best <laughs> band name That's of quite all time. Di- Y'all weren't that radical. It's such a high school <laughs> band name, control. too. It's such Climate a high school control. band name. At some point, somebody took a banner from a storage unit that said Climate Controlled. <laughs> it just cut out And we the cut ED. off the ED. <laughs> we would bring that bad boy out nah. to show. That was great. ED is never a good there thing. There was another friend that would, like... <laughs> there, was a <laughs> there was another friend that would take, like, um, road <laughs> construction like, lights. Like, he would just take them. And like bring them to shows and like set them up on stage with like a cone with like a flashing orange light. It was, nice. You know, high school bands do weird shit. Um, so anyway, yeah. I joined the band. I was the drummer. Just high school bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at some point, I uh, I was like, "Hey guys, I wrote a song." <laughs> and oh, we've all to had be that fair, moment. they entertained it. I think we played it live one time. Somewhere, I think there's a recording of it on like a hard drive or a cassette. And truth be told, it's fucking terrible. Right. Like, kudos to them for like entertaining did it. Did you get the gentle hand on the shoulder afterwards, going like, "We did it once." No, no. We just, I, I think next, the next show was like a short set. We just, we were, we were just going for the hits right. at that point. So, um, <laughs> the hits. <laughs> and truth be told, it might have been towards the end of the time that band was together, so that might have been one of our last shows. Um, so after, so you know, so you broke up the band. I broke up the band because I wanted to write songs. So, <laughs> so I want to ask you guys, uh, as the drummers in your respective bands over the years, what has that process been like as you have grown as writers, bringing that to uh, the table with the history of the old age joke of, you know, what was the last thing the drummer said before he was kicked out of the band? I've got a song. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, how, is the, how have those experiences been for you guys over the years? How have they changed as your careers have gone on as your bands have stayed together over various times, you know, like what has that been like for you guys? Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) my situation was a little unique in that I joined a band that I just told that story, Kyle. (laughs) It was climate control. (laughs) We were uptown famous. (laughs) Funk. Um, No, I joined a band that had already been together for 11 years and was already fairly well-loved and and respected and all that jazz. So, and had already had a a songwriting drummer in its ranks before I joined that went on to form his own band. Um, So, I came into a situation where 
I don't know. We've never actually talked about it, but the, the feeling I got was may, maybe singing, songwriting, drummers weren't so much of a welcome thing. Um, is that gunfire? Can we pause? <laughs> Could have been. It sounded like <laughs> New Orleans. It's that. <laughs> is that gunfire or fireworks? It yeah. is Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when do you expect gunfire? Sunday afternoon. Yeah. But anyway, uh, take sounds two. like a nail gun. So anyway, um, so I came into a situation where <coughs> the band I joined, uh, 2012 Louisiana Hall of Fame inductees Dash Rip Rock, um, <laughs> had already had a singing songwriting drummer before me, and so I don't know. I always got the vibe that maybe that wasn't not necessarily wanted, but just like, oh God, this again. Mm-hmm. This guy's mm-hmm. got his songs and he wants to sing. Um, and were you writing before you joined Dash? I know you joined really young, but were <coughs> you already writing? I did, yeah. Um, I had my little songs, and I thought they were great, but looking back, just like you said, I realize now they, they were terrible. fucking terrible. <laughs> and so, uh, Mama Faye put them on the fridge yeah, no, for you. But, I mean, big kudos to uh, you know Bill Davis, who, when I joined, uh, I'll never forget, I went over to his house, and I'm like, with an acoustic guitar, I'm like, here's my wares. And played him a bunch of just bad, bad songs. <laughs> and he actually did uh, pick two of them and was like, okay, we'll, we'll do We these. can do something And with we that. recorded them and everything. And then, much like Ringo after that, because uh, Bill just churned out songs mm-hmm. just every day. Yeah. Just crank out songs. Uh, it was understood... Again, probably dysfunctional or whatever, but we never really discussed this thing. Uh, but it just kind of came to be understood. I'd, I'd get my my one cut per record, mm-hmm. and uh, I was fine with that. I, I wasn't going to fight it. So, yeah, that was my journey. And, uh, and and was it like was it a collaborative thing once you brought it in? Did everyone work together, or was it just like, tell us what you want and let's wrap it up? Kind of the latter. Um no one dogged it or anything or shunned it or played poorly on purpose or any kind of thing like that. But, uh, I don't know. It did feel kind of like a, uh, let's get Kyle song out of the way. Mm-hmm. thing. I could be wrong, but that was just my perception of sure. it at the time. But I feel this isn't uncommon for a lot of, did y'all write together at any point? Were there many like Davis, Melanson, Hickel credited songs? <coughs> no. All songs credited to Dash Rip Rock? No. 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 That was never going to happen. No. Bill and I maybe one time collaborated on a song um, and tried other times, but just, I just, I don't think he had the patience to really work with me to try Mm. to develop ideas and such. It was just more like, is it done? Is your song done? Show it to me. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Um, now, you've written stuff on this upcoming Imagination Movers record, though, right? I got a credit on Y'all this did one, some yeah. Stu- you yeah. wrote some stuff on that. Yeah. Is uh, that process a bit more open? I mean, this seemed oh like yeah, a more yeah, collaboative yeah, 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 yeah. thing for yeah, y'all. In the beginning, when I joined, uh, it was very much, you know, all titles by all four of the guys. Right, hold on. And let, uh, let this plane pass. Let yeah, this fighter jet fly. Oh, yeah. Obstacles yeah. <laughs> today. 
Got the gunfire gun <laughs> coming after him. That's yeah, New Orleans. But yeah, no. Uh, Drop a bomb. You know, initially, oh, in the oh, oh. you like, want to wait till this. It's yeah. really by. loud right now. Don't pass me by, Jet. Woo, woo, Jet. Jesus Christ. It's flying. It's really loud. Low. Jet. Sometimes you're like, is it just going real slow? <laughs> Why is it staying for so long? It might be doing like circles or something. Oh, that'd be great. It, I mean, I might have like <laughs> done like a loop, like a over here and then over there. I don't know. <laughs> Better okay. now. So we're talking about the new, uh, the new Dash record. No, the and new, the uh, new uh, movers. movers. A new movers <laughs> record. Sorry. So yeah, uh, Disney days. Uh, the guys just wrote all the songs, the four of them, and uh, but post Disney, um, we've actually had the opportunity to kind of all write together um and still most most of the songs are are by the four of them but if i do contribute something uh, of worth or musical value they've been kind enough to give me a credit so uh yeah on the record before last uh i had a credit and then the ep that we have coming out soon uh, i actually came up with a bass part that was kind of integral to how the whole thing came out. So they're like, you, you get a credit. So Nice. Awesome. When does um, that come out? That I don't know. Okay. I think it's like still in the process of. Uh, it's it's mixed, mastered, all that. I think it's more waiting on the world. Yeah. yeah when you can like tour in support of it and all that. Uh, it's so that difficult. That would be nice. Yeah. It's <laughs> so difficult. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? Do you just like put it out and then hope you can tour someday, or just kind of hold on to it That's and kind of see? the discussions yeah. right now. Yeah, and it's like if you put something out better? right now, unless you're a major artist, it it kind of feels like you're just putting something out into a void. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Andre, how about you with with your stuff with Sketch? But also, you've got a lot of different irons in the fire, yeah, and you I do have a lot of different things. irons. My my, uh, I I realized early on that. I really like singing harmony vocals, but I hate, I dread singing lead on stuff. And it's for the same reasons that I am not a big fan of Ringo's vocals, is that I don't feel like I can deliver a lyric believably. <laughs> sure you can. I don't believe it. Well, we're going to find out when you sing Don't Pass Me so, By. Uh, I guess we will. I guess we will. I, guess we will. <laughs> I mean, it, the stage. <laughs> yeah. Peace and love it. Apparently, like, that helps uh, sell the lyric. It does exactly. <laughs> uh, but but I, you know I I do my my brain is wired for arranging, mm-hmm. and I I definitely I write uh, with Johnny Sketch. I write most of the horn parts, and I have for the better part of the band. Um, and I do a lot of the uh, vocal arrangements, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not a lyric guy. Yeah, you know. Uh, there's uh, there's only one lead vocal that I've done on on uh, any Johnny Sketch stuff, and it's a holdover from my high school band. Mm-hmm. Oh, that nice. uh, it's a song, uh, it's a rap called "I'm Gonna Cut You, Sucker." <laughs> that uh, I co-wrote in high school. If you don't think I'm dropping that into this episode right yeah. now, yeah. You are it's, it's, it's shiny like a missile. You say the wrong things, and I'll cop you with my chisel. 
mess with me. I'll give a little whistle and my boys come running all spiny like a thistle. You see this here? Inside my pocket. It's coming at your face with the speed of a rocket. I'll cut you in the head. I'll make you see red. I'll cut you, cut you, cut you till I'm sure that you're dead. I was walking home from my brothel just chilling. Some crackers coming up. They be illin' a hole in their head. I'm gonna be drilling. Believe it, sucker, I am willing. Cut you, sucker, gonna cut you good. Carve you up like a piece of wood. I got you, sucker. It's about uh, it's about how tough I am, you know. Uh, written, co-written by me and uh, my 15-year-old guitar player at the yes. time. Uh, who watched a lot of uh, Conan O'Brien? He had that character Pimpbot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who had his not, his friend, his business associate, Mister Cut Cut. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this so, is an amazing like insight into is, your psyche. I love this so much. I mean, much. it's it's it's, uh, it's ridiculous. But that that's the only lead vocal that I've done mm-hmm. on uh, that I've committed to tape. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as it were, in the Johnny Sketch world. Um, I do a couple other things in the live shows, but it's definitely not my my favorite part of the do shows. You, do you, you know? bring like do you ever bring riffs or melodies or yeah, like song I ideas? I start a lot of songs. There's there's some of the instrumental stuff that Sketch has done that I've written the bulk of. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I write I write it almost all, all the stuff I write is like melodically is on the I write it on the piano, so it's mm-hmm. like sometimes it makes for really awkward it's like I'm a drummer writing songs, writing horn parts on the piano and, you know, without any knowledge of like where the horn, the break in the horn is and, mm-hmm. you know, like the e- whatever. So like a lot of times I try to I'll come up with something and I'll hand the horn players a part and be like, can you turn this into a horn part? <laughs> you know, like because yeah. there's little things about playing the horns that I don't have any idea about. Sure. You know, yeah. and they, they can get the gist of what I want to do. Um, but I've gotten I've gotten a lot of uh, I've. I've I definitely am heavily involved in the the writing, the overall writing process of of sketch, Johnny mm-hmm. Sketch. Um, a lot of it's like arrange arranging stuff, though. Yeah, and uh, and I produced the last couple of their rec- of of that band's records, and mm-hmm. uh, I like I like telling people what to do in the studio, <laughs> but like <laughs> I think you just like telling people what to do in general. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah, play it again. Fallon, play that violin part again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. I Do find it interesting overdub those that you, uh, again, Paul. I feel like the path for most drummers who want to write songs is you grab a guitar because that just yeah. is the easiest thing to learn. So, yeah. well, I started piano on guitar. is a whole. You've got an entirely different vocabulary. Well, Ringo had those three chords on piano. Yeah, man, That's different than what Andre knows how to do. <laughs> No, but you know, look what look what Ringo did when he wrote this song. That's he did true. it on the piano. That's true. I'm just saying you have a lot more to choose well, from I've, as far as I I went knowledge. down the pretty deep down the classical piano. That's what I'm hole, saying. So like it is a wild thing. It's a different But guitar was actually my first instrument. Oh, okay. When I was 8 years old, I was going to be a rock and roll guitar player. <laughs> yeah, and no, now I'm, now I'm more of a guitar owner yeah, than no. a player. You know? <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was in high school bands uh I would go Hey, I got a song idea, and they'd go, "Great, how's it go?" I'm like, "Da da 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 do 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 do," and they're like, "What key?" I'm like, "Just just listen, it's cool." Ooh ooh, and they're like, "Yeah, we can't do that." So, can I steal that? Yeah, of course. But uh, so yeah, that Johnny Sketch single. 
<laughs> so it hit me quite quickly. And I'm like, oh man. man. <laughs> I was like, I guess I gotta. It's called Kyle's learn. gonna cut you, sucker. <laughs> That's right. I guess I gotta learn one of these actual instruments so I can tell people. Yeah. What my dumb songs are. So that was the only reason I even picked up a guitar because I had ideas and I wanted to write, but uh, going. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> with no knowledge of tonal center or keys, uh, it don't work. Right. So. Well, you well, know, I think I think Ringo, like one of the first thing you asked us was about Ringo as a drummer, as a singer, as a writer. I think, mm-hmm. and I have definitely taken almost all of my influence from Ringo has been on the drumming, the drumming side. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, um, you know, that's his strength. God bless yeah. him. He's not a he's he's not my favorite songwriter and or singer. Yeah, uh, I I love I love what he's his his overall body of work is is he's contributed to some of the greatest music in a way that you know makes that music. Yeah, uh, but he's he's not he's not somebody that I draw inspiration from on the songwriting uh <laughs> are you sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty sure i think one of my favorite ringo lyrics is uh that song uh hang on i, I gotta look it up but i th- keep going but i think it's such a statement that like when you look at you know everything that he's done as a drummer and like okay maybe he didn't write the best songs but like who fucking cares like his contribution to you know, rock music as a yeah. whole, yeah. as a member of the Beatles, as the drummer of the Beatles, and he did it unlike anyone else. The unsung hero of the band. Yeah. For sure. Like, he's not flashy, he's not super fancy, but he kind of is in ways that, like, someone like me wouldn't pick up. Like, that's what I've learned he's, through going he's this. He's intentional. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't try to do anything outside of what he does. Mm-hmm. And that goes for his vocals and songwriting, too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's right. just, it is what it is. And I don't think I mean that that's part of the great the greatness about the Beatles is they're not showing off really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Paul occasionally shows off, but but the rest of them are they're 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 just lads. They're doing what they do and they're Gu- better at it than most people. <laughs> guitar players you hear their tone. There's many many guitar players the second they hit a note. BB King, Brian May, BB King, what yeah. you're like, "Oh god, I know who that is." A little harder with drummers to hear just drums and go, I know exactly who that is playing. Right. Yeah. Ringo is in that very small number that when yeah. you, you know hear... It's case yeah. in point. You hear the Wait, in- Paul's playing drums uh, well, on this yeah, song? yeah, that throws <laughs> my theory out. But no, you hear exactly. the intro to Rain, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's Ringo. Well, I'm yeah. listening, digging yeah. deep to la- into, like, the, the isolated drum tracks of, of Abbey Road and stuff. Oh, know? yeah. It's like, it's so awesome to hear yeah. w- just the drums on, on, on uh, Oh, Darling. Is mm-hmm. oh he's doing some great crazy it's, stuff and you don't hear that. it buried in the mix it's you know but it's really really cool he's doing a lot of weird drag fills and stuff I love that that's whenever they interview him about like a new uh, reissue coming out what's your favorite part of the new white album version I can hear the drums I can finally hear <laughs> they turned the drums off <laughs> I, well, I think one of the great well, things baby about Ringo, Ringo hug him <laughs> well there's the old story of the white album where by the time they'd finished all the overdubs even they realized like can't hear the drums so they over had to overdub snare hits just someone on yeah. two and four hitting either a metal chair or a couch just is that where just uh, because they had to beef up 
Glass Onion, I think, was the specific one. They yeah, were there's like, a lot oh, of snare no. dubs on that. Yeah. The drums. Yeah. <laughs> like Is that where Bernard Purdy comes in? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other... <laughs> whole other topic I, I think you know one of his greatest strengths is that he understands his weaknesses and his strengths um and i wanted to reference this earlier this might be my favorite of his lyrics because it's so self-aware better than the crackers better than the crackers this is from the uh the song early 1970 it's the last verse i play guitar a d e i don't play bass because that's too hard for me i play the piano if it's in C. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and it cuts to like a piano like hit and C. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is like. It's so smart. It's other, so smart bass. though. It's so well done. It's great. But like you hear bass players and they're like, yeah, the guitar was too hard. So I played the bass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's such a good like self-aware thing. And like, you know, I think that's his. The genius of him is he's he never tried to say, well, you know, the band split up. I have to be a songwriter now. I'm going to write everything myself. Right. And that's my record because it would have been. You know, it wouldn't have worked well. Right. Um, so I think that's one of his greatest things is that that self. It is interesting now that you bring it up that uh, so early 1970 was the B side of uh, it. Don't come easy. Yeah. Um, that as early as his first solo single, he's already trading in on nostalgia. Yeah. On a song <laughs> released before the public kind of knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> broken up. Right. Like. Boy, he just wasted zero time. Yeah. Like, oh, let me write a tribute to my <laughs> former bandmates <laughs> that I've only been separated from for a month. Like, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Well, guys, I feel uh, I feel like we've served this song justice today. We have done justice. More by, so than Jack Fallon, By Mr. Sure. Starkey. <laughs> <laughs> we have maybe thrown Jack Fallon under the bus. Sorry, Jack. Rest his Sorry, soul. Boy. I don't even know <laughs> if he's alive or not. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't in the book. <laughs> but then again, I can't trust the book anymore. <laughs> I don't know what to yeah, do now. We're going to have to have a follow-up on that. I'm curious. Mark Lewis and I'm calling you. we got we got to talk about this. So, um, guys, uh, it, we're still in, in quarantine for COVID. Anything going on you would like to tell our listeners about? I do a lot of live streaming for my Facebook. Yeah, you, you every do. day. You do. I do piano something every, every little piano thing every, every weekday when yep. I can get to them. Uh, my... My little baby makes it so that the the timing is so that they they happen whenever I get to them these yeah. days. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I have outdoor gigs here and there, you know. Yep. And everywhere, <laughs> uh, including some uh, some things with uh, with uh, Beatles cover band. Yeah, we got some Walrus dates um, coming up. We'll have to live stream those things. over on the Rank and the Beatles page. Uh, there's a couple of Johnny Sketch things coming down the wire that are nice. I'm not even sure if they're public or pre-taped or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, we're just making it making it happen, you know. However, yep. we can. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, there's there's places like the Broad Theater, Broadside Theater that are that are doing social distance shows. Yep. Got a couple things there mm-hmm. coming up. Hoping to have more things like that pop up so that yeah. So that live music can be accessible in person. There's no no replacing that. Sure. You know? yeah. Live streaming is great, but it is. It's limited in its uh, <clears throat> in its feel. It is not the sure. same. Yeah. yeah. I miss playing. I do too. Um, I do on, too. on my end, there's an Imagination Movers EP in the can, done, finished, ready to go. Who knows what'll happen? 
Yeah. Uh, my original band, Daphne Moon, has a an LP, basically, done. Yeah. That's been done for over a year that, much like everything else I'm, I'm doing, is just kind of sitting. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, big in the 90s, had just kind of started to get a little traction when lockdown happened. Don't know what's going to happen with that going forward, so... It, it's more unknowns than knowns mm-hmm. as far as creatively yep. what I'm doing, sure. unfortunately. And then I just sit around my house. Just follow him on Twitter for my good guitar. content, man. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. good quality content, content. Really, really excellent uh, front porch photos. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really yeah. great. I mean, I, 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 I am it. lucky it, to have it, a good uh, good view. You do have a good front porch. In Mid-City. It, it's, 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 it helps. It helps. Uh, like a little a little positivity at the end of the day you know those those nighttime if i can get a little nice shot of love photos. the moon or the streetcar going by or something like that those seem to be popular just because people like yep that's my town Somewhere you know? out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. more selfies than you can shake a stick at that's right not Lots so of selfie content the long song way the selfie well way. you're seeing less people now yeah true, <laughs> true. well fair point true but when i do have the opportunity to socially distance get together with my friends i, I like the document when i have an yeah. opportunity love to my take a selfie i do there it is. <laughs> it's typically around kyle too <laughs> <laughs> well julia how do you feel today do you feel like we've served served justice absolutely that yeah. was a really fun discussion i love you know the differing viewpoints it was nice to have you both here this is like offering it was fun to do this in person. Yeah. This is yeah, better yeah. than looking at my phone. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm sure it'll sound better, too. <laughs> I hope. Oh, it's true. Minus well, the apologies for uh, the wind and the fighter jet, gunfire. The saw. The fighter jet. The gunfire. Saw. <laughs> it's um, 40 <laughs> degrees, so I think I'm sniffling a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let us know on our socials what you folks think. What are those socials? Uh, we are on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles, Instagram at Ranking the Beatles, Twitter at Ranking Beatles, because character limits are for jerks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and we are available anywhere you can listen to podcasts. But let us know, do you agree with Don't Pass Me By at number 186? Should it be higher, lower, just right, like Baby Bear's porridge? What do you think, <laughs> folks? Uh, we would love to know your your thoughts. So... We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Like yeah, Baby Bear's Porridge was a was a, a song that didn't make it to the, the White <laughs> Album. Mine's <laughs> one of those Paul throwaways, you know, with the characters. Mine's too hot. Mine's too cold. Mine's just run. <laughs> I can totally see that. I need the fourth line, please. And mine's John too hot. was and actually mine's too old. the one that came up with Baby Bear's Porridge, and I said, John, think about it, right? He does. He is putting like a weird shh on different. Like, thinks about it. It's gotten weirder Just as he gets older yeah. too. G's as far back as I can hear him are K's for him. Thinking the think about it's like that's the, the weird thing about it. The weird it think is, about why it. Why are you saying K? It's a G. <laughs> I like the great think about John. Like, like well, thing? George. George gave me a tree. That's at the. At the I <laughs> please. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Everybody, this has been an <laughs> absolute our show, pleasure. Paul, please. Uh, Andre, <laughs> Kyle, thank you for joining us uh, again on this uh, this new episode. We appreciate it. Thank and, you for having uh, us. And we will see, we will talk to everybody. <laughs> we won't see you. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week on another exciting episode. Less violent, hopefully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
another excited episode of Ranking the Beatles. Cellophane crackers. <laughs> so until then, uh, I am Jonathan. And I'm Julia. Y'all have a great one. Adios. Bye Peace. Y'all. And love. <laughs> Peace. <clears throat> For all that I I'll have. cut that out, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like five degrees out here. Sorry. King cake in my throat, toddy. It's the Paolo McCords. The patented Kama Lanson episode <sighs> situation. Sorry. Of going through and finding throat clears where there's a big spike. <clears throat> it's usually a <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. It's okay, I'll just play with it. Um For all I have passionately defended this song and spoke of its innumerable charms and merit I still think I don't think it's near as low as Andre would have it I'd say you got it about right Um, and it only suffers really by virtue of the the company it keeps Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um for all you know that I like it, and it's not a skip for me at all. Uh, I listen to it every time. Um, it's still not, you know, among the best they ever did. I don't think it's anywhere near the worst. Sure, but all things considered, and uh, with what we've discussed today, I'd say I'd say you got this one about in the right spot. I have some disagreements with you on other songs around <laughs> this spot. But uh, Ringo, you wrote a lovely song. <laughs> 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 they put it on the nicest fridge money could buy in there 1968. It is. <laughs> but, uh, but I'd say this placement is about accurate. I don't know if I would put it too much higher than this. Wouldn't put it any lower. <laughs> I feel sure. good. I feel good about our, 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 our sussing out of this situation here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all know this about me, um, when I was in high school, uh, I was a drummer uh, throughout middle school and high school. I do know that. So my Play, first band. Playing with high schoolers? <laughs> I, I did play with high schoolers. Um, <laughs> uh, in my first band, I was the drummer. Um, I joined the band. They'd been together for a year or two. climate change? Climate control. <laughs> Yeah. The best <laughs> band name That's of quite all time. Y- y'all weren't that radical. It's such a high school <laughs> band name, control. too. It's such climate a high school control. band name. At some point, somebody took a banner from a storage unit that said climate controlled. <laughs> it just cut out and we the cut ED. off the ED. <laughs> we would bring that bad boy out nah. to show. That was great. ED is never a good There was thing. another friend that would like, <laughs> there was, <an laughs> <laughs> was another friend that would take like, um, 
road <laughs> construction like, lights. Like he would just take them and like bring them to shows and like set them up on stage with like a cone with like a flashing orange light. Was, nice. You know, high school bands do weird shit. Um, so anyway, yeah. I joined the band. I was the drummer. Just high school bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at some point, I uh, I was like, "Hey guys, I wrote a song." <laughs> and oh, we've all to had be that fair, moment. they entertained it. I think we played it live one time. Somewhere, I think there's a recording of it on like a hard drive or a cassette. And truth be told, it's fucking terrible. Right. Like, kudos to them for like entertaining Did it. Did you get the gentle hand on the shoulder afterwards going like, we did it once? No, no. We just, I, I think next, the next show is like a short set. We just, didn't, we, were, we were just going for the hits right. at that point. So, um, <laughs> the hits. <laughs> and truth be told, it might have been towards the end of the time that band was together. So, that might have been one of our last shows. Um, so, after, so, you know. So, you broke up the band. I broke up the band because I wanted to write songs. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I want to ask you guys, uh, as the drummers in your respective bands over the years, what has that process been like as you have grown as writers, bringing that to uh, the table with the history of the old age joke of, you know, what was the last thing the drummer said before he was kicked out of the band? I've got a song. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, how, is the, how have those experiences been for you guys over the years? How have they changed as your careers have gone on as your bands have stayed together over various times, you know, like what has that been like for you guys? Well, uh, <laughs> my situation 